Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Hello, my name's Beth Hardy and I'm a family wellbeing and relationship coach. Today I'm talking with you about your teen and their mental health. So we had an episode last week about the beginnings of getting started with the conversation and in it we discussed the ideas of actually building up the trust and the communication and that is where you need to start. You cannot just jump in immediately with what the steps that we're going to go through today. So I will hopefully link back or you just go back to the previous episode if you're listening on the podcast. So today it's more the actions that you can take once you've established the rapport, the communication, the safety. So we'll go to the safety first because even if you've established the safe space and your child feeling confident being able to come to you and that is absolutely key to this communication. However, at the beginnings of any of these conversations, you need to re-establish these ground rules that it is a safe space. So when I say it is a safe space, what am I really saying? So your teen or anyone you're talking to needs to know that what they are going to say is not going to be punished. Right, this is really crucial. If they are in fear of what they are going to say is going to be taken in a way where they are going to be unable to say something that could potentially be incriminating, then you're you're putting the boundaries up immediately. We need to do everything we can to lift those boundaries off of between us and our children, um, the barriers that may be to the communication so that the, the conversation can flow without fears. Of course, if they're in fear of being told off repercussions and punishment, then they are not going to feel able to fully share with you. And in those cases, you're not going to get the information you want and you're not going to be able to support them the best way possible and you're not going to be able to keep them safe as possible. So it's crucial that they are aware of that. And at the beginning of the conversation, at the top of this, you need to say that this is a safe space. You you will not get in trouble for anything you share here. This is about me understanding what's going on for you and being able to support you in the best way I can and direct you to support if needed. If there is any feeling of fear within your household, 
It could be not between you and them. It could be between you and your partner, for example, or around um, their siblings finding out information. So they need to know that this is a safe container. It's not just... Um, so you may need to dispel some fears they may have. So, and you might need to preempt them. So this is about knowing your child and knowing if they are on guard more with particular people. And if that's so, you say, look, this is just between you and me. This is about me helping you here. This is not about me trying to get evidence for anything at all. And I'm not going to be sharing this anywhere. So this is just between you and me. This is so important. If you have some issues around them being more careful around other people in the household, then definitely that is something to address more and maybe within this conversation that you have. But maybe you leave it to a later date, but you certainly don't ignore that because if they are feeling guarded, there's a good reason why and it, you may need to uncover some stuff. So let's get back to the next actions. So once you have established that it is a safe space, then we need to get into establishing more rapport because that's quite a stilted, awkward thing to start a conversation with. So with the safety space, so we need to break away from that a little bit, not go out of the container of the safe space, but break away from the stiffness of it and build up that rapport. So sometimes it can be really helpful to watch TV together or watch a program on YouTube or whatever it might be so that you can just relax a little bit. Sometimes people do it whilst they're doing some cooking or something, something not really confrontational. Journeys is a really good one. As long as there's no one else in the back seats, if it's just you and them and you're going somewhere, you're both looking ahead. Lot lacking eye contact, I would say, is another key aspect. Often when we're building rapport, we might want to use eye contact to develop that rapport but in these cases when we're talking about sensitive subjects we want to give them the freedom the ability to not make eye contact with them because the content of the conversations might be awkward and difficult and the eye contact can be confronting in a needlessly excessive way so let's reduce any barriers they might have you will want to also ensure that they are comfortable are they do they have to go and do their homework? Have they got something pressing on their mind at that moment in time? Have they got an agenda? Have they got a meeting booked? Are they, well, a meetup booked? Are they due to go out? Is it, are you rushed? We're getting ready to school, to go to school. If there are any extra barriers in terms of what's going on in their mind, it's going to be difficult for them to engage. And so plan your moment carefully. Make sure that it's a comfortable, safe space for them. And I say comfortable, and I'm meaning mostly mentally comfortable, but actually being physically comfortable is also really useful. 
if they are sat on a dining room table and um, it's pretty uncomfortable for them, then it's probably not a good space to have that conversation. Go somewhere where it's comfortable for them. Could you, if they're okay with it, go to their room or could you go to the living room? It, you may want to be careful about that if you've got other siblings being able to have a safe, quiet, confidential space. So really planning that space is really crucial. And then when you have contained that, also make sure your phone is switched off or at least do not disturb is put on there and that you know that you're not going to have someone just bursting in at any moment. So if you've got young, if they have younger siblings, you might want to push it until later on when that child's gone to bed and settled. So think about your timing. That's really important. Once you've got those things in place, then you can begin the conversation. But I wouldn't just jump straight in. I would take it from a perspective of utilising something or someone else's circumstances and commenting and talking about those because it's always easier to comment on someone else's circumstances than our own. If you can't think of a circumstance, you might want to utilize things like, um, well, obviously there's the internet that with a plethora of information out there. So it could be that they have a particular program they like to watch. Maybe you can have watched some of it and you might be able to tune in to some of the storylines that maybe mirror what you think you might want to be talking about with your teen so that you've got um, a common ground upon which to talk. Remember, if you use your frames of reference that you have, your teen is unlikely to be able to penetrate them. So it's useful to go from where they're at because then you're not asking them to do any extra work. You're doing the extra work so they don't have to, to make it easier for them. Because we're wanting to really lubricate the oils of conversation here and all of these little steps will help you to do that. So there are useful things on YouTube that I'm aware of. There's a fantastic resource, PSHE resource called ChildNet International. I highly recommend you look that up. There are a number of things where they do little snippets of scenarios that you can then go on and um, you can discuss afterwards what they think about them. I wouldn't go gung-ho and do all of them. I would have a look through yourself beforehand. Find the subject that you think is relevant. And if there isn't one particular thing that you're looking for, then you might just want to start at the top, start at the beginning, because some of them thread together. There's different themes about the same thing, different people's perspectives. So it is really, really useful to try using resources that are out there to help you with the conversations. There is also, if it's something to do with relationships and sex, there is an incredible podcast called Six Minute Sex Ed. And I would highly recommend that they have levels of communication. So it's appropriate to different ages and you pick the thing that's appropriate there. So head on down to that podcast and find out more about that. If that is where you're wanting to, what you're wanting to discuss with them. 
And when you are then into the discussion of talking about that other person, that other thing, it starts to let them loose. And then you can start to dig in a little bit about what's going on for them. But I say a little bit, I'm say stay on the edge. You aren't, they haven't signed up to you being their counsellor, okay? That hasn't happened. You are still their parent and you're wanting to negotiate what is going on in this conversation. And it's not up to you to drill down into the problem at hand. It's up to you to support them opening up, which is a different thing. And it takes longer. It may take many sessions of repeatedly opening up to actually get to the point. But being available, when you finish the conversation, remind them that you're there. And if ever they want to have this safe container space to talk about anything, you're there for them and you will talk with them. But then when you're actually in those conversations, the most important thing in that conversation is your ears, not your mouth. It can be so tempting when they're telling you something to jump in and tell them what you think, how you suggest they should do something. But really, that is not important at this point. It's not important, excuse me, important for them to hear what you think. It's important for them to explore what they think. And that's a different conversation. And it's mostly them with you prompting and doing something called active listening. Active listening is where you mirror back to them. They say a thing, you reform it in another way. Is this what you're saying? And you repeat it or say it in a slightly different way just so I understand and then that encourages them to say more it's a little bit different if you have kids who are autistic I do you may have to follow different slightly different rules for your conversation with them but hopefully you will understand a bit more about how to do that anyway coming into this point but I might do a special one on talking with autistic kids um, about these things that will come at a later date but hopefully you've got that a little bit clearer for you of how you go about those difficult conversations with your teen and um, this has been a longer one than I'd anticipated but remember the key th key steps we are talking about getting comfortable getting safe feeling safe and then listening, continuing to stay safe and feel heard. That is what you want for your teen and for them to feel open and ready to come back to you whenever they need. And keeping it as much as possible, not about them, about other things that they could then draw on from their own experiences and share with you. I wish you a wonderful conversation with your teen and I hope it's fruitful. Please share with me how you're, about your experiences. You don't have to tell me the intimate details about what your, your child said, just how the conversation went, whether any of these tips supported you and I wish you a wonderful day. Bye. Oops. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me, Beth Hardy. And if you want to connect with me more, you can get along to any of my socials, Your Family Wellbeing Coach on TikTok and Instagram. And you can find me at Stop the Triggers on Facebook. I hope to connect with you very soon. If you have a question that you want answering, we might be able to do a podcast all about that. So please do drop me a line. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast. See if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week.